a podcast by Ed Lopes. Become a supporter. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Click the support button or click the link below. Thank you so much for your prayers and support in this ministry. Our desire to share hope in new ways to millions of people in many places have become possible because of your unconditional love of giving and partnering with us to this ministry. Do not forget to leave a comment voice message by clicking the message button. Your message could end up in future episodes. Visit Ed Lopes' official website edlopes.com.ph Magandang Jesusness time, mga kapatid. Pagpapala sa inyo, pagbati mula sa ating mini bulwagan ng Panginoon sa isang address somewhere in the Philippines. Nawaya ang pagpapala ng Panginoon sumagana sa ating buhay. Ang pag-aaral natin ngayon, pinamanggatan nating in this corner, parang boxing. Pipili kayo mga kapatid kung saan corner kayo papanig pagkatapos ng kwento. John 8, 1-11, ang walang kamatayang kasaysayan ng babaeng caught in the act of sin. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he went back to the temple area. The people all came to him, and he sat and taught them. Parang magnet si Jesus, attracted sa kanya mga tao, lalong-lalong na sa kanya mga katuroan. So, nag-assemble sila para makinig ng katuroan. So, it was a lecture, a theory class. Makikinig sila, magkatanong, mag interact But what they did not know was that it was also going to be a laboratory class. Yun ang susunod. It was a class to follow. To follow the lecture, the theory class. At eto na ang laboratory, ang application ng mga ipinagtututuro ni Jesus. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman that they had caught in bed with a man who was not her husband. They forced her to stand in front of the people. Nakita ninyo itong brand of religiosity ng mga Jewish people na ito? This religiosity is intrusive. Nakikialam sa buhay ng may buhay. Invasive. Pumapasok kahit sa bahay ng may bahay para makita nila ang mga private eksena na ganito. This religiosity is coercive, forcible, violent. Sino naman ang iibig na sumali sa ganitong uri ng relihiyon? Na pagkasali mo, binabantayan ka, binabato-bato ka, pinopolis-polis ang buhay mo, pinapakialaman ka sa iyong private space and private time. But this is what was happening during the time of Jesus. Kawawa ang mga tao na kaanib ng ganitong relihiyon. Wala na silang ginawa kundi mag-offering, magkabuloy, tapos kung bantayan sila, gano'n na lang, at kung sila'y parusahan at ipahiya, gano'n na lang. They said to Jesus, Teacher, This woman was caught in the act of adultery. How would they catch this woman in the act of adultery but in the privacy of her own house? This religiosity is sleuthing, pakialamero, mapanghimasok, intrusive, invasive, abusive. Kaya awang-awa si Jesus sa mga Israelita na nasa ilalim ng anino ng templo, nasa ilalim ng law of Moses. Wala na silang mga human rights, wala na silang mga liberties, lahat pinangihimasukan, idinidikta ng templo. At sa pagpapatuloy ng mga nagsasakdal, The law of Moses commands us to stone to death any such woman. What kind of religion is this that will stone to death 
people who fail meeting the requirements of the religious law. But that was what was happening. Tumigas ng tumigas ang puso ng mga Israelita. Hindi na sila na-offend na may namamatay. Hindi na nila din naramdam. Hindi na sila nasasakta. Naging manhinda sila sa dugo. Kasi lagi na lang silang may binabato hanggang mamatay. The law of Moses carved in stone is an exhibit here. Inukit sa bato, batong matigas, batong malamig, batong hindi dumarama o nakakadama o walang pandama. But this is the law of Moses carved in stone versus the law of love that Jesus was preaching. Remember, the people were assembled to hear Jesus teach. And of course, the main teaching of Jesus was love, freedom in God, kindness, goodness, compassion, mercy, kindness, neighborliness, carved in the human heart, in the heart of flesh, not in stone. Kaya ganun, nalaman kong pagalitan ni Jesus ang mga Pharisees, ang mga teachers of the law ng panahon niya, na walang ginawa kundi pahirapan ang buhay ng mga tao. Tulad ng sa Matthew 23.23 Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Sabi ni Jesus, lagot kayo, kawawa kayo, mga teachers of the law and Pharisees, mga mapagkunwari. Ang galing-galing niya sa mga pangibabaw na pagsunod sa law, pero yung pangilalim, yung importante, yung pangsapuso, wala kayong kwenta. Failure ang inyong grade. At parang sinasabi ni Jesus, Oo, naroon na ako. Gawin nyo yan, yung mga tenth na yan, yung mga donation nyo na yan, yung mga tithing nyo na faithful. Nandun na ako, good. Pero huwag namang iyon lang ang ginagawa nyo. Tapos bagsa kayo sa kabaitan, sa kabutihan, sa pagiging maawain. Kaya sa Ezekiel pa lang, matagal na matagal pa bago dumating si Jesus, sinasabi na yan, Ezekiel 36.26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. This is a foreshadowing of the grace of God that was to come through Jesus. Bibigyan ng bagong puso, ng bagong wine, kaya kailangan ng bagong wineskin, ng bagong kaisipan, kaya kailangan ng bagong korte ng utak. Bibigyan ng bagong spirit through the spirit of love of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. At aalisin daw yung heart of stone. This is the law carved in stone. The law of Moses. Aalisin at ang ibibigay daw is a heart of flesh. A heart that is soft, beating, full of life, and full of love. Tuloy sa kwento ng isinasakdal na babae nitong mga teachers of the law and Pharisees. What do you say we should do? Sabi nila. Anong gagawin namin sa babae ito? Kasi sabi ng law of Moses, ang ganyang crime, dapat babatoyin hanggang mamatay. Ha? They were saying this to trick Jesus. They wanted to catch him, say something wrong, so they could have a charge against him. Dalawa lang naman ang pwedeng isagot ni Jesus sa akala nila. Batuhin ninyo. Kasi yan pala ang sabi ng law of Moses, edisundin natin ang law of Moses, batuhin nyo hanggang mamatay. Pag sinabi yun ni Jesus, hindi siya maisasakdal laban sa pagsuway sa law of Moses. Pero may masasabi laban sa kanya. 
Ay, hindi mo pala talaga siya loving. Akala ko ba loving siya, pero bakit papabayaan niyang merong batuhin hanggang mamatay? So, lose-lose. Kahit anong piliin ni Jesus, parang talo siya sa usapan. Isa itong patibong. Isang trap. This is an entrapment, not a question for enlightenment. It was not a question-seeking answers, but a trap. A very devious, a very malicious trap. But Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. This is a mystery, what Jesus wrote on the ground. Nagsulat siya sa pamamagitan ng daliri sa alikabok. At syempre, it was a very theatrical, a very cinematic, a dramatic scene. Everybody must have looked over the shoulder of Jesus or in front of Him, if they were in front of Him, to see what He was writing on the ground. The Bible doesn't tell us what He wrote. But He was writing something very special. The Jewish leaders continued to ask Him their question. So He stood up and said, Anyone here who has never sinned, should throw the first stone at her. A very, very wise answer. Hindi niya sinabing, don't stone her. Kasi kakasuhan nila siya ng paglabag sa loob Moses. Hindi niya rin naman sinabing, stone her. Actually, sinabi niya pareho, stone her and don't stone her. Kasi sabi niya, kung sino man ang walang kasalanan, siyang maunang bumato. Mauna. Hindi na niya isinama yung pangalawa, pangatlo, pangapat. Kasi may mauna lang, sunod-sunod na yan. Pero pag walang nangahas mauna, walang susunod. Sino naman ang mga nangahas mangunang mambato kung ang kondisyong ibinigay ni Jesus, dapat wala ka na break na law ni Moses, pwede ka nang mambato. Walang nakatinag. Walang nakakibo. Bakit? Kasi malinaw ko ano yung mga tunay na ideya na nakataya sa mesa. Ano ang nakasugal dyan? If people were to be judged by the law of Moses, no one would pass. No one would survive. If people were to be judged by the law of Moses, everyone would be guilty of sin. Everyone would be stoned to death. So parang sinabi dito ni Jesus, Sige, batuhin ang may kasalanan, pero ang mauunang mambato, yung walang kasalanan. So, walang qualified na mambato. At kung mambabato sila dahil binrake ang law of Moses, dapat batuhin mo na lang sarili nila. Yan yung kukuha ka ng batong ipopokpok sa ulo mo, kasi ikaw man nagbe-break ka ng law of Moses. Anong hindi mo nabe-break dyan? Ten commandments, 613 other commandments called misvots, Every day, makakalampas ka talaga na sundin lahat yan. So, pagka mambabato ka ng magbe-break ng law, pukpukin mo muna ang ulo mo at batuhin mo muna ang ulo mo kasi alam mo na nakaka-break ka rin ng law. That's why Jesus came to destroy the law. Ephesians 2.14-15 Christ gave His own body to destroy the law of Moses with all its rules and commands. So, parang inako na ni Jesus ang lahat ng kaparusahan sa pagsuway doon. Bagamat wala siyang sinuway, para nalang masatisfy ang requirement ng law na nabayaran ang kasalanan sa pamamagitan ng dugo at buhay. So, napakalinaw. 
Christ gave his own body to destroy the law of Moses with all its rules and commands. Bakit? Kung hindi niya ka-cancelin at destroyin ang law, lahat condemned. That's why he came to destroy the law. Jesus came to declare forgiveness, pardon, and amnesty for all. Matthew 9.6 But I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. At napakarami niyang pinatawad, hindi lang individually, ang pagpapatawad ay para sa lahat. Sabi niya, Make all my nations my disciples. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Ang dinala ni Jesus na kaligtasan, ang dinala niyang pagpapatawad, ang dinala niyang amnesty, hindi lang para sa mga Hudyo, para sa lahat ng tao sa buong mundo na napailalim sa law of Moses, wittingly or unwittingly, willingly or unwillingly, or yung mga hindi napailalim sa law of Moses pero napailalim sa similar laws. Ganon din yun, iniligtas niya ang lahat ng tao para hindi na sila maparusahan dahil sa paglabag o hindi nila nakaya na pagsunod sa kung ano-ano mga laws na ibinigay ng mga religions. Jesus came to give a new law. The law of love. Baligtad na baligtad kasi di ba very unloving nga yung law of Moses. You will stone you to death. Yung mga ibang ang later civilizations naging mas maawain eh. Ginagawang lethal injection o electrocution para mas mabilis. Pero yung stoning to death is isang babatuhin ka hanggang magdugok at maubos ang dugo mo, mabasag ang bongo mo. Wow! Hindi yun madali sa kakukuha ng tigas ng loob at tigas ng puso para sundin ang religious teaching na pupatay ka ng kapwa at ganyan ang nangyari sa kanila that's why Jesus came to destroy the law and to give a new law John 13.34 a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another hindi niya sinabing stone one another to death Baligtad, love one another. And yet, anong ginagawa ng maraming religions ngayon? Kahit yung mga sinasabing Christian religion sila, they are stoning each other. Maybe not to physical death, but unto spiritual or emotional death. Ang sabi ni Jesus, no, don't stone each other. Love each other. Gano kahirap yun maintindihan? Bakit batuhan pa rin ang batuhan ng mga Kristiyano ngayon? You know why? You and I know why. Kasi maraming kristyano, ang puon si Moses, hindi si Jesus. Ang law nila, law of Moses, not the law of Jesus, the law of love. Akala nila, Christian sila, pero actually, Moses sila. Ano kaya ang tawag kung sumusunod kay Christ ay Christian? Anong tawag sa sumusunod kay Moses? Kasi maraming Christian ngayon, Christian sa pangalan. But in practice, Mosesness ang kanilang prinsipyo at doktrina sa buhay. Parang hindi dumating si Jesus. Parang hindi nagbayad si Jesus ng dugo, ng pawis, ng laman, ng buhay para i-destroy yung law. Yung pang nagsasabing sila ay maka-Jesus, Kristiyano, yun pa ang lumalapas tangan sa kamatayan ni Jesus na ibinayad para na i-destroy ang law kasi sila pa ngayon ang promotor ng law. Kabalingtunaan, kabaligtaran, akala lang Christian, pero actually Mosesian kung may ganun mang word na inimbento lang natin. Sa pagpapatuloy ng kwento, Then Jesus stooped down again and wrote on the ground. So dalawang beses siya nagsulat. 
apparently what he was writing on the ground was what made the people realize their mistake. Was he writing the sins of everyone present based on the law of Moses and therefore na-realize silang hindi sila pwedeng mambato? Or was Jesus writing the new law? Love. L-O-V-E kaya yun? Kung naging English siya. Yung kaya ay Greek? Yung kaya ay pictogram? Korting puso? Ano kaya isinusulat talaga ni Jesus? Whatever it was, that disarmed the very violent mob. When they heard this, they began to leave one by one. The older men first, and then the others. So first in, first out. Yung older, yung mas may authority, yung mas pinangungunahan ng conservatism, sila ang naunang nagbitaw sa kanila mga batong hawak-hawak at pupwit-pwit na umuwi. Parang asong bahag-bahagang buntot, nag-alisan silang tahimik na tahimik, kung ano ang iniyabang-yabang, iningay-ingay ng kanilang pagdating, siya naman silang tahimik na mga nag-alisan kasi nangapahiya na wala ng lakas ng loob. And who knows? Baka na-touch spiritually. Nawa, yun ang nangyari. What could have been known about this woman? Ano ba talagang alam natin? Ano ba talagang alam nila tungkol sa babaeng nasa sakdal? Why was she in that situation? Did anyone bother to know that? Ngayon, sa churches, pag may nachichismis na sinner, immoral, etc., etc., do church people bother to know why? Bakit inabot ng mga tao ang sitwasyon nilang ganun? Does anyone bother? O agaw-agawan sa pagpipiesta sa mga chismis? What could have forced that woman into a, such a situation? Alam nga namang bata pa siya, ambisyon na niya na maging adulteress. Alam nga, kung naging prostitute man siya, hindi sinabi sa atin kung profession niya yun, malamang yun. Pero kung naging professional man niya yun, alam nga namang yun ang inambisyon niya maging profession ng bata pa siya. Sigurado naman, nung bata pa siya, pag tinatanong siya, Uy, ano ang anong gusto mong maging mangyari sa buhay mo? Sino siguro sabi ng babaeng ito? Gusto ko maging stewardess, gusto ko maging fashion model, gusto ko maging doktor, gusto ko maging attorney. Kung sa panahon natin yung tanong. Siyempre, hindi mo naman ambisyon na mapariwara at mabato ka hanggang mamatay at magtago ka buong buhay habang ginagawa mo ang kailangan mong gawin sa buhay. Naging biktima lang siya. Sa buhay ngayon, pagka ba meron tayong tinatawag na immoral, eye sinner, hindi naman natin naiisip kahit papano na ginusto kaya niya magkaganyan. Siyempre, may mga dahilan kung ba't siya nakarating sa ganyan. Do we even attempt to understand people? Did the mob care to know? Did the mob care to treat her as a victim? And where is the man? Sabi, she was caught in bed with a man who was not her husband. Bakit siya nalang ang kinaladkad? Nasaan yung lalaki? Pwede ka bang magkaroon ng adultery na mag-isa? Only the woman is shamed. Only the woman is going to be killed. Where is the man? And there's an original command nung panahon ni Moses. Pag kami nahuli ka na adulterous uh, activity ng isang babae at isang lalaki, both of them shall be stoned to death. But the men of Israel found a way to revise that law. At nung panahon ni Jesus, ang natira na lang na nire-recite-recite, itinuro-turo, eh yung babae na lang ang babatuhin, na puwera na yung lalaki. 
Pati yung mga Israelites na yan na iniiba nila yung batas, iniiba nila yung scripture, anong akala nyo? Lagi yung original, lagi yung buo. No, they are manipulating the texts. Mag-research kayo. Kasi ang original command was to stone to death both the man and the woman. Now, ang kinukote na lang nila, woman na lang ang i-stone. Hindi totoo na napaka-faithful nila sa scripture. Yung makapangyarihan, and in that case, the men, were always manipulating the scripture to suit them, to be beneficial to them. Kaya ngayon, babae na lang, parang until more recently, yung mga news sa mga TV natin, ire-raid nila yung mga prostitution dens, ire-raid nila yung mga lugar na may mga ganito kuri ng transactions. Yung mga babae lang ang ire-raid. Yung mga babae ang halos hubad-hubad na hinihila nila pasakay sa mga jeep, nagtatakip ng mga mukha nila, jacket, yung buhok ay tinatakip sa mukha. Dahil sineshame yung women. Ang tanong, nasan yung men? Pwede ba naman na mag-prostitute yung babae mag-isa? Siyempre, merong customer. Bakit puro babae na lang ng babae ang lagi nilang pinapahiya? Ganon ngayon, ganon noon. Sa palagay nyo, galing sa Diyos yung ganong batas. Babatuhin ka hanggang mamatay. O kaya, biglang, isa na lang babatuhin, yung babae na lang, lalong kaduda-duda yun. That's why Jesus came to destroy the law. Because the law does not really reflect the true image of God. Sa pagpapatuloy, Jesus was left alone with a woman standing there in front of him. With the religious mob gone, the atmosphere of compassion was obvious. It was now an atmosphere of kindness, not the atmosphere of violence and unkindness. An atmosphere of love, of understanding, of acceptance. Yun ang dapat climate sa church. Pero yun ba ang climate sa church natin? Itanong. He looked up again and said to her, Where did they go? Did no one judge you guilty? She answered, No one, sir. Which really meant, No one was qualified to stone me to death. Ang kapal-kapal nila, gusto nila ako stone to death. Yung pala nung tinanong kung sino ang walang kasalanan, walang makakabato, may kasalanan din sila lahat. Lahat makasalanan lang. Ang dami-dami naman talagang kasalanan kung tutuusin mo under the law of Moses. Pero ang mga religious people, may mga favorite batuhin na kasalanan. Especially yung mga kasalanan na may kinalaman sa sex, sexuality, na tinatawag na immorality. Yung mga kasalanan na may kinalaman sa idols and idolatry. Lagi nila yan na pinanggigigilan. Ano? Pero hindi nila pinapansin yung kasalanan na self-righteousness. Yung judgmentalism, yung pride, yung hypocrisy which is the main sin of many people in religions. The hypocrisy of religion, kaya galit na galit si Jesus sa mga religious people, especially the leaders of his time. So sabi niya, no one, sir, no one stoned me to death. No one, when confronted with their own sins, could ever judge another person. No one, when cognizant of their own sins, when they accept na sila'y makasalanan din, could ever judge another person. Sino mang nanguhusuga sa nagkakasalang kapwa ay bulag, nagbubulag-bulagan, o nagpapanggap. O walang logic. Kasi, pag may kasalanan ka, hindi ka qualified maghusga. So, pag nanguhusuga ka, either perfect ka, which is foolishness, because walang perfect, everyone is a sinner, by the law of Moses. So, pag nanguhusga ka, actually, 
itinatatwa mong makasalanan ka na yan, nagjo-just-josan ka. Then Jesus said, I don't judge you either. You can go now, but don't sin again. The only person qualified to judge does not play judge. Isiksik natin yan sa utak natin. Si Jesus lang ang pwede mag-judge. Tapos siya, hindi pa nag-judge. Tapos ikaw mag-judge. Tapos tayo mag-judge. Wow naman. Sobrang kapal yun. Sobrang mag-judge-josan yun. No one could or should ever judge another person. And yet, in many churches today, pag may nagsakdal na makasalanan ka, bubuo sila ng isang committee, lilitisin ka. And if found guilty, ipapahiya ka sa buong church, ipagahalanda ka na tiya-announce sa kasalanan mo, ipaparenounce sa'yo kung ano-ano yun, ipapa-identify sa'yo ang partners in crime mo, mapapahiya kayo forever. Kaya yung system na yan, actually, wala namang nare-restore dyan eh. Kasi matapos na umamin at matapos humingi ng tawad sa lahat ng mga nagkasala, ba't ka manihingi ng tawad sa kongregasyon? Hindi naman sila ang Diyos. Ba't ka hingi ng tawad sa kapwa mo na makasalanan din? Anong klaseng illusion yan? Pero matapos humingi ka ng tawad sa kongregasyon, humingi ka ng tawad kung kanin-kaninong Herodes at Pilato, hindi ka naman talaga nare-restore kasi pagchichismisan ka, pag-uusapan ka, hanggang hindi mo na makaya ang lahat, aalis ka na lang sa church na yun. Wala namang ganyan na pinapahiya, wala namang ganyan na ina-announce-announce, ang nagtatagal pagkatapos, umaalis din. Kasi hindi din makaya ang bigat ng mga iba pang collateral damages ng ganong klaseng pagpapahiya. So, sasabihin naman ng iba, eh di po ba, sabi ni Jesus, don't sin again? Yan ang paborito ng mga judgmental na part ng kwento na ito. Ha? Kakalimutan nila yung buong kwento. Ang gusto lang i-emphasize, yung sabi ni Jesus na don't sin again. Therefore sin! Therefore sinner! So parang gusto nila lang sabihin, therefore dapat talagang batuhin hanggang mamatay. But, let us have a little, some units of textual criticism kunwari. Yung some early textual critics, yung talaga ang sinusuri nila yung teksto, yung original languages, yung mga pronunciation niyan, at yung mga punctuation, some early textual critics interpret some symbols associated with this don't sin again and this whole story. Yung symbol na tinatawag na lemniscus o yung symbol na tinatawag na hypolemniscus. Kasi in the early text by Origen of Alexandria, one of the early textual critics involved in the preservation and promotion of scripture, yung mga, yung part na ito ng kwento sa John, may ganyan siyang mga markings inilagay dyan ni Origen of Alexandria. Many scholars think that this suggests that that story was not part of the original gospel. Because the symbol suggests na dagdag ang kwento. Meanwhile, yung kabaligtara naman ng ibang teorya, Others believe that the story to be part of the original gospel but was at some time removed by some concerned men from scripture. So, sabi nila, may mga ganyang marka-marka kasi hindi naman talaga kasali ng original story ang kwento, siningit lang yan. Sabi naman iba, no, kasali talaga yan pero may nagtanggal ng mga men tapos ibinalik lang uli kaya nagmukhang isiningit. So, sino ang nagtanggal? Sabi nila, those who feared that their wives would use the story as excuse for infidelity. Kasi parang, yung mga conservative talaga are not happy with this kwento. 
Sasabihin nila, ay, naku, baka gamitin niya ng iba para magkasala, para magkaroon sila ng license magkasala, parang napakaluwag naman ni Jesus, hindi niya ipinabato. Dapat ibato. Dapat batuhin. So, may nagsasabi na may nagtanggal muna ng kwentong ito from the book of John. Dahil yung mga men natatakot na gamitin ang mga wives nila ito para magtaksil. Meron naman nagsasabing yes, tinanggal, pero ibinalik din kasi kailangan talagang ibalik yan. Kaya nung ibinalik, nagmumukhang isiningit lang. Kaya may mga ganyang mga punctuation marks si Oregon. At ang sabi nila, kaya ganyan yan sa takot ng mga men na ma-abuse. At sila ay mapagtaksilan. At ibinalik daw na yan. Pero later ibinalik sa tamang lugar ng kwento but not without the don't sin again added by nervous men who controlled religion who controlled society masalimutan kasaysayan ng text pero may mga nagsasabi na yung don't sin again that is the addition inserted by nervous men that women might use the, the story to be a license whatever it is suriin ninyo Kasi bagay ba doon sa buong kwento, matapos ipakita natin ang kabaitan ni Jesus, kinansel niya yung law, matapos yun, tasabihan pa rin niya yung babaeng, don't sin again. In other words, sinful pa rin. So sinful pala, wakin niya hindi pinabato. So pag-aralan niya, pag-aralan niya issue na yan. Because the text in scripture was that always untouched by pakikialam, by editing, by reduction, at sa pakikialam ng mga translators. no uh, Lalong-lalo na, bago yan, nakarating sa kanyang format that we know today. Hindi naman nabuhay ang format na yan until about the 3rd century. So, from day zero, from Jesus, until the 3rd century, maraming scriptures, maraming kwento, maraming Christianities, at maraming Gospels. Noon lamang nagpabuo ng isang album, itong si Emperor Constantine, at ito ay sa pamamagitan ng scholarship at pangungunan ni Eusebius, Nabuo yung pinatawag natin ngayong 27 books na kilala natin. Yes, mula nung pinablis ni Constantine. Yes, mula nung kinolekta ni Eusebius at ng mga iba pang involved. Yung tinatawag ngayong New Testament. Mula nun, hindi yung talaga na iba. Kasi yun ang naging official document by acceptance and by, of course, by imperial power nung simula. Pero bago yan, nabuo maraming scriptures, maraming gospels. So, hindi yan... Nasingitan na ng kung ano-ano after na buo, pero bago yan na-finalize, it was not always safe from meddling by people who had vested interest. Kaya mahalaga textual criticism. Mahalaga yung Jesus filter. Lahat ng katuroan dyan, palampasin sa Jesus filter, kung alin ang lalampas sa alam natin na established truths about the teachings of Jesus, the character of Jesus, and the mission of Jesus, yun ang ating talagang pag-aralan at ipangaral at ipamuhay. Pero yung iba dapat suriin, lalo kung nakaka-oppress, nakakapagpahirap ng loob, nakakasakal, baka isiningit lang uli yan ng rejudization. Kasi alam naman natin na pagkatapos si Jesus na pumatasama, ang mga church leaders nagbalik ng maraming mga Jewish teachings into the church. Kaya hanggang ngayon, magkahalong Jewishness at saka Jesusness ang teachings sa church. Kaya nakakalito. Magiging masungit ba ako o mabait? Mambabato ba ako o hindi mambabato? Kasi nga, nakakalito. Kaya dapat gamitin ang Jesus filter. Nung na-establish na ngayon yung text, binilang pa yung mga number na mga sentences para wala ka talaga maisingit, 
mahirap na talaga magsingit. Sino naman ngayon ang nakikialam sa meaning niyan? E di syempre, preachers, teachers, interpreters, theologians, sila na ngayon ang nag-a-assign ng meaning ng mga text. Kaya isang text, kumisa ang daming meaning. Pagka maraming theologians na nag-interpret, once more, dapat tayong maging mapanurik. Hindi ka dapat lulunang-lulun sa sinasabi ng teacher, ng preacher, ng theologian. Sa line mo na naman sa Jesus filter. Because Jesus is the only standard of truth when it pertains to the Bible. Kaya importante na laging nag-a-apply tayo ng Jesus filter. Masalimuot ang text. Ano mang salimuot yan? Nasa ang side ka ba ng usapin? Kung yung John yung ay kasali talaga yung kwento o hindi kasali o isiningit yung don't sin ay nandun talaga o isiningit o hindi it doesn't matter now what really matters is the lesson do not judge others yun yun hindi ka magkakamali pagka yun ang pinanghawakan mo kasi yan ang central teaching ni Jesus do not judge so that you are not judged Matthew 7.1 do not judge or you too will be judged so di ba ang title natin in this corner So, isipin natin, boxing. In this corner one, the religious mob. Yung mga mambabato, nandun sila sa isang sulok. Babatuhin to death ang woman caught in the act of sin. And on the other corner, in this corner two, the woman caught in sin. Tanong, kaninong side tumindig si Jesus? Kaninong side ka titindig? Will you judge? Will you stone to death? Or just stone to hurt, not to kill? Will you still stone? Mag-isip-isip. Kung magiging kristyano ka, maging kristyano ka talaga. Kung makamoses ka, maging makamoses ka. Pero hindi pwedeng paghaluin yan. A one-half Christian is a one-whole nonsense. Kung Jesus, Jesus. Dapat yan, piliin lahat ang katuroan sa lain sa Jesusness. Kung tinatawag mo ang sarili mong kristyano o Follower ni Jesus. God bless us all.